Hi everyone, thanks for joining us today. Yesterday we had an interesting discussion with three other guests and myself um, on customer service and we focused mainly on looking at things such as brand building versus reputation building and uh, relationship building with clients and we also had a look at customer experiences within the stores and we touched a little bit on organizational culture, interstore culture. The guests that I had on the show were Fabio Passetti from Passetti Power Tools, a Pretoria-based power tool company that's been in business since 1972, so a wealth of experience there. We had Augustine Marakalala, who is an expert in the retail industry at store level especially. He's also a professional facilitator and an e-learning facilitator um, in skills development. And then we had Brenton Fratter, who was our guest customer. We felt it necessary to have a customer come on board and share his view on his shopping experience. Um, We wish we could have had actually the views of a lady client. Unfortunately, at that stage, we just didn't have uh, access for anyone to join us. So hopefully going forward, we will definitely have the views um, from a broader spectrum of um, the population. Myself, I've been in the retail industry for 25 years. Um, 10 was spent at a fashion retailer, national branded fashion retailer in South Africa. And uh, the other 15 years I've been running my own business in retail, more home-based business uh, in the interior design. I also have the training company that produces online training material and we also facilitate skills development training. So I hope you enjoy and I hope that uh, you might find some insights in this and also I look forward to your comments and feedback. So feel free to leave a comment Um, And also, if you have any questions relating to small business, especially in South Africa, and also topics that you'd like us to cover from a business or a training perspective, please feel free to leave it in the comment sections. My name is Augustine Maragalala. Um, Yes, I've been in the retail world since, I would say since 1994. So I worked in various retail companies um, on management levels as well. And I also had an opportunity um, to work in Botswana, um, Cabron, um, where I was more like exposed to the franchise business. Um, So I was also a store manager that side of one um, big retailer that side. And um, so I was more like leading some of their stores that side of Cabron in terms of assortment of different um, products um, within clothing. So until I came back into the country, I think around 2005, and then I continued again within that retail space. Yeah, so I've been there for some time now. But at the moment, uh, I left uh, and I'm on more as a, as a facilitator, um, also as an assessor within um, the retail sector, because I'm trying to, to, to impart my knowledge back to the guys that are um, currently now within that industry. This is the guy starting off. Come again? 
I say for the guys that are starting off now. Yes. Now it's your turn to, to share knowledge. All right. Yes, cool. no, I'm Thanks. sharing my knowledge with them, yes. Yeah. And uh, you're also now one of the first e-learning facilitators in skills development as well. Yes, no, definitely. Um, yeah. But I'm, well, I'm still learning. Uh, yeah. But yeah, because well. I'm, le I'm learning from the best, <laughs> I'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, awesome. Uh, Fabio, quick intro. Yeah. Hi, Andrew. Hi, I'm Brenton Augustine. And um, Hi. Yeah, basically, I work, work for my dad's um, business. He started in 1972. Uh, we do sales and repairs of power tools, construction, machinery. I started after school in 95, up till now. And um, we're trying to get more into the e-commerce online because I think things are changing that way. And um, yeah, learning as we go along. Awesome. Thanks, Forbes. And, and the company name, because you can tell us. It's Bassetti Power Tools. Awesome. Pretoria-based. Okay. And then our professional customer, Brenton. <laughs> hey, how's it? Um, my name is Brenton. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, I'm not a retailer. I support retail fully on a daily basis. Um, yeah, so join the meeting to give a little bit of my inputs, what I think about or what I experience on a daily basis, or what I think is important from a, just from perspective of someone going to a shop and how they feel about things. You know. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks. Well, thanks again for joining everyone. And uh, yeah, at the end of the day, we all for our customers either way. Um, so we do have our, our bit to, to impart on, on our experiences as customers as well. Um, we're going to focus on a few brief topics just as we go along um, and share. Why, why I'm glad that, that the four of us are invited as well is because Augustine and myself come from corporate retail, if you can call it that. Uh, national brands or whatever you want to call the, the retailers. Um, and then Fabio, you and I both come from uh, local home-based business type setups, you know, smaller, medium type enterprises. So there's a lot of, of, of differences that, that each company has that we can share with one another um, as we discuss the various things, um, for instance, things like policies, you know, the small companies don't really have policies that we implement into our companies. It's more part of the company culture that uh, the employees pick up on. But as we chat, I think we will all learn a little bit as well. And uh, maybe when Brenton gives us some of his customer feedback, we will we'll change the way we do our things too. All right. So if we, if we look at like promoting the company image, just from all four of our sides, you know, there's, there's obviously a lot of people spend a lot of time brand building. And it's something that I'm not pro of as a small business owner, because I think there's too much time and money spent in trying to build a brand when you should actually be spending more time trying to satisfy your client and try and actually get your local area clients. Um, yeah, what do you think, uh, Fabio, if I can ask you guys, like in terms of brand building, what, what is your take on building? You guys have been in business for 40 something years. And when I talk to a lot of people in Pretoria, especially they know Pacetti Power Tools, but do you think it's something that your dad and you 
actually focused on or is that just something that has happened over time that people have gotten to know the brand? Yeah, I don't know all the all the wording and stuff, but you know, you you just learn as you go along, and um, we just try try to keep a good name with our repairs and and our pricing, and just to keep people happy in in general. And okay. um, it's just just the, your your way of life in the shop. How you, you yeah. know, just to keep a good conduct and keep people happy. Uh, so, so you never spend tons of money actually advertising the brand of Pacetti Power Tools? Here and there, maybe in the newspapers or okay. ad here and there, but um, yeah. it's, it's more through, through, through word of mouth, just okay. to get a good image. Um, yeah. And, and from yoga's side, Augustine, because I know from our side with the company that I was with, tons of money, in fact, millions was spent on brand building, but that's a national retailer. Um, what did you guys experience in terms of brand building? I think, Andrew, um, in terms of brand building, it doesn't really, yes, it matters because obviously there's a lot of money that you need to spend in terms of building up that brand. But yeah. I would say from a small, medium enterprise point of view, um, it will start from um, the impact um, in terms of the your relationship with those customers um, that you are saving, um, and also to try and make sure that whichever customer, maybe irrespective of the amount of work that they're giving you, um, if you give it all and you ensure that your service levels are up and you, you give them 100% of service and the support that you're supposed to be giving them. Um, yeah, Fabio just mentioned the issue around word of mouth. So obviously the, the impact that you will do, it will go around positively. Um, that is one thing on the other hand, that is also um, giving your company a very good image, even if you are not spending much on it, because yeah. um, those people that are busy putting out a weight there for you, um, you're really not, not paying them a cent. <laughs> but at least um, the, the impact that you did um, with them in terms of the service level that you gave them um, is the one that is now talking for you. Yeah. Um, yes, in terms of building up your brand. Before you know it, now um, the whole of Pretoria East knows you. Um, but you didn't even spend a cent on that, but it's, it's how you have been treating those people. Yeah, and, and it's more than just knowing though, isn't it? It's, it's also trusting because if I tell, for instance, Brenton, he's got a power tool problem, and I say to him, listen, you, you know, go and see my guy, Fabio at Vasetti Tools. There's also that trust immediately, even though Brenton say has never met Fabio, there's that immediate trust factor because I'm Brenton's friend and I'm saying to Brenton, go to that guy. And, and I always think of it from my side and my business, like the moment you do that, if someone contacts me and they say so-and-so referred them, I'm, I'm pretty much guaranteed already I'm gonna get that quote or that job. Even though we might be a little bit more pricey, the chance of us actually getting that job is, is probably 90% because of that trust factor. That like you yeah, say, it's, it's unpaid mm, for. Mm, yeah. It's true, maybe to add on that, 
Um, I will give you my situation for an example. Um, I'm working more as a freelancer. So now um, I'll work with quite a number of companies where they will say, Augustine, we've got a project, a training project there, we've got this. So I'll go in there. But for me going there, one of the things is I'm building my own brand. I'm building my own name. Yeah. So if I go to um, Fabio's company and then I run um, a training there, though I will be running the training under uh, a provider, if I can put it that way. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I'm, build, I'm also building my own brand as Augustine. Because um, one day, um, for an example, Andrew might be looking for a facilitator um, for another program. And then maybe happen to talk to Fabio. Fabio can say, but there is a guy called Augustine. I don't know for which company he was facilitating for, but at that time, I was facilitating more as a freelancer, but under that particular company. So I'm yeah. also building my brand. Yeah. But you're not investing millions into it. No, I'm not investing millions yeah. into it. Let's ask our professional shopper. If, say, for instance, <laughs> if, say, for instance you had a, uh, I don't know, a burst geezer, is, is, is brand something that you look for or is the reputation of or the referral that you would get from somebody? Like, like what's the procedure you would follow for something like that? Yeah, look, when, when it comes to things like a geezer, obviously you go through insurance and they'll choose someone. But, but, okay. normally, but normally, it's like I say, things that I've done, things that I've done at the house when it comes to tree felling or things that we've, we've bought, power tools or something, it's usually by word of mouth. You know, people spend a lot of money in companies, in advertising. You go to a shop, you go to a mall, you'll see things. So you, whether you see it on television, visually you'll see the stuff. But to me, I think it's, uh, to me personally, it's not a, always about money. I'm talking about value. Yes, you mustn't obviously spend excessive amounts. But if you know you're going to use someone by word of mouth, it's good. Um, because it's about the comebacks. You know, if you can go yeah. to that person who's good, good service, you can go to a person who spends a lot of money, but the service is poor, you know, when there's something happening afterwards, you're going to have an issue. So to me, yeah. I think yeah, people must probably have to build brands or companies have to make themselves known. But if the service is good in the beginning by word of mouth, most stuff I do by word of mouth, someone will say, listen, go to this guy, he's been to my place, very good. I'll phone him, he comes, gives me a good quote. And, and I trust him, I've seen what he's done, so stick to that and going to the cheaper one and having issues afterwards yeah and i think the yeah. key word there was trust in you know yeah, again no, just no. yeah yeah okay so so without spending too much time on the actual brand fabio by the way you forgot to mention that you actually have a diploma in marketing hey yes i did okay but i want to uh, i want to how long it took me but um, that I doesn't matter doesn't matter. Education's not a race. All right, cool. So another thing that I like to um, think of when it comes to, for instance, the store image, in, in this case, we're talking about retail, we talk about store image. Uh, like we've mentioned already, a lot of money is spent on brand building, but the, and, and obviously a lot of money is spent on, if you've got a retail outlet, uh, Fabio, you'll know, like the fittings and I know a lot of suppliers will provide you with decals and display materials, you know, all their marketing budget and money is spent on stuff like that. But there's another thing that, that I find so, so important. And I think 
Augustine and, and Fabio and myself in this case will be able to to attest that uh, have we lost Augustine? I know he's back. Um, and that is positive staff um, or, or staff in general. You know, I, I always felt when I was in retail, and especially when I had a lot of staff under me, the one thing that made my life very difficult, especially if you took over a new store, was dealing with negative staff. And, and, and um, you know, I always would, would say to the guys that, that your, your customer service doesn't start, for instance, at a, at a procedure of how people should treat customers. Your customer service actually starts at the recruitment of who you're employing into your store. Um, obviously with the vision of um, providing that level of service that you want to. Uh, in the big retail retailers, you know, you have these um, procedures that you have to follow in terms of recruitment and uh, not all the retailers are like that. But um, I think if as customers, as the four of us now as customers, we can definitely say you can see certain stores that you go into where the focus is on employment uh, of the correct staff to meet the value of the uh, or the vision of the company um, without mentioning names, obviously. Um, Augustine, what was like some of your challenges when it came to employing positive staff into your stores? Um, you know, the, the one challenge that we at one point you, we had was that you especially when it comes to like maybe i will just say around december around your peak periods because once you get to the peak periods that's where now you need additional staff and um obviously on contracts for that for that period but yeah. most yeah. of the challenges was that you find that people normally that you employ who are just there on a contract um, they behave differently from people who are just there permanently because they are just there for a short space of time and they know they're going to be there for about two months, three months and then they will, they will, they're gone. Yeah. So they don't give it all um, in terms of some of the expectations from them. Um, unlike uh, somebody who is permanently employed who is every day there because they know their bread and butter is coming from that pot so they try their level best at all times. So I'll say normally it's the type of um, the the position or the type of the employee that you're actually looking for. Um, and again the other challenge is that you know you find I'll give you an example. Maybe you are looking for, like in, in retail, you are looking for um, a merchandiser and also somebody who can do your visuals and all those type of things. But then sometimes the challenge becomes, especially when you're doing recruitment, because you must remember other people can talk, eh? but you give them the work yeah. It, yeah. is the opposite. And yeah. then others, they can't talk much. And depending on how, what type of a person or the caliber of a, of a person that you're looking for, because sometimes you find that we, we overlook them, especially those that cannot express themselves clearly within the interview. 
but the other people that can actually talk, we go around with those. And then when you start practically now giving them the job, then it becomes something else. Yeah. So that was basically the challenge to say, we mustn't actually only look at how people can express themselves, but at the same time, also look much into what this person has done before and all that. Maybe put them on a probation of some sort and then see, and because that will give you at least um, yeah. an opportunity to observe this person and then to see what caliber of a person is. But yeah, those are some of the challenges. Because, yeah, because once you once you hire that person, yeah, to get rid of that person becomes difficult. <laughs> uh, they they've got very very strong claws. Yes, they no, they make sure they stay. One thing I like to to always think of was like when I looked at employing somebody or recruiting someone, even in my own business, I, I like to look at like, can they do the job? Can they do the job long term? And do they fit into the company culture? And those yes. are like the three three factors that I would do because most people can do the job that would come for the interview. Could they do the job long-term? Well, that the, the employment history would tell you that already, you know, if they've, if they've been jumping around. Um, and then of course, uh, do they fit the culture of the company? And that was one of the pressures I had in a, in a big retailer was that you were so under pressure to fill those positions because obviously mm. you can't have unmanned mm. cubicles and you couldn't have unmanned department so you have to put somebody in there but uh yeah it was the challenge uh for me the culture of the company was so so important like for, especially like with regards to customer service for instance let's say that if you don't have i know my small business i don't have a policy on how exactly to treat a customer for me it's part of the company culture so if someone sees me as the the owner of the company behaving in a certain mm -hmm. way you know, I sort of expect that that's sort of the, the, how can you say, the inherent policy doesn't, it's not written on paper, but it's, it's there in the yeah. culture of the company. Do you guys, do you feel you guys have the same thing, like staff see the management behaving in a certain way and, it, you know, they sort of mimic that behavior? Yeah, yeah, but we try to stick to the basics and keep a good conduct yeah. and, and um, yeah, you know, just keep it clean everywhere and, yeah. And um yeah, to just just follow the rules. Like my dad um taught me, I try to teach you teach on our on our workers and the staff. Yeah. To stay friendly. And yeah. um yeah, basically I like to stick to the basics. I like what you're saying about stick to the basics because I think nowadays a lot of companies and Augustine will know as well from a big retailer. The, they try and complicate customer service. And for me, customer service is, is like, it's, it's the most natural part of business. You know, it's, yeah. it's such an easy thing. Like if I have to ask Brenton, for instance, if you went, when you go into a store, is it obvious to you, like, can you sense the changes in the culture of the stores? No, 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 it is. You, you, can, you can see how people are, you know, you can see whether they, whether not always say you know, when work works not always a happy environment, but you can see mm -hmm. from people. You know, when you go to like, for me, it's when I go to a shop. Um, again, nowadays with COVID and things, you've got people right at the doors and they, but they greet you nicely. There are shops where you go in, they greet you, they say, you know, shop if you need anything. So that's already your your starting point whether you're going to have enjoyable shopping. Mm -hmm. If someone's a bit, little bit 
rude to you or doesn't greet you or you know then sometimes you know you might think oh. but a lot of times yeah. you, can, you can sense when you're in there people will greet you and say you know ask if you need something so then you can then you can sometimes sense you know it's uh, it might be a false sense but at least they at least they're friendly because that's what's important you know if they greet you you always remember them and go back to them so they you know they've always been decent with you and respectful yeah. and that, you know yeah you can sense it sometimes um but like i say you know work sometimes people are unhappy at work for what happens to their day as personally and things like that but you can sense from management if they ask the people at least you know, it's a it's a basic principle be friendly to someone you don't need it you don't need to study for that just you know, just just be friendly with people and that's yeah. it yeah, yeah i mean and I think from your side, even though you're not in retail, you still are offering some kind of service in, in the work mm. you do. You're dealing with people mm. every day, yeah. you know, so you know exactly what it's like. And, and retail is much the same. Uh, and yeah, like mm. you say, not everyone has a good day and, and it's a human factor. You can't have 100%. Um, mm. I know we used to have these things called mystery shoppers. And when I saw stores got 100%, I, I knew that somehow someone didn't do their job properly in terms of the mystery shopper, mm. because I don't believe, you know, I think the attainment of 100% is, is what you should aim at, but actually getting 100%, I don't believe it's possible because of that human factor. And so, yeah, yeah you mentioned the management and, and that's, that's something I felt so true. And Augustine, I think you can also um, give input. Yeah, companies spend tons of money training staff and, and getting them customer ready or customer service ready but how easy is it for managers to actually how can i say derail that plan if they themselves aren't on board um normally it happens you know with management and stuff is different because managers have got sometimes you've got pressure um as a manager because maybe your store is not performing very well um, you're not achieving your targets. Um, so they, they becomes a lot of pressure on you. And especially like if you look at nowadays, um, this, these days now, you find that most of the stores, they, I mean, most of the budgets are cut. Um, which when employees resign from positions, they are not replaced. Um, so now you're going to have to work with less staff. I'll give you an example. You know, yesterday I went into one 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 retailing store in the. Um, I'll just mention the mall um, at the Grove. So I went into the store. So I got in there. There was no one on the floor to assist me. Nobody. I looked around. It was just customers. There wasn't even a staff member. But I I wanted to ask something there. Um, I needed assistance, but there was nobody. Yes, it's fine. Um, the way they followed very good uh, merchandising principles and blah, blah on the floor, but the specific size that I was looking for was not there. So now there I needed somebody to assist me, but there was no one. And this store has got two floors. So now I'm gonna have to, I had to go now to the, another floor um, looking for a staff member who can come. And eventually I left. So now you ask me, you can ask me a question to say, um, what was my, my experience? Because customer service is an experience. So what I experienced yesterday was, was really bad. And the next thing, next time, if I'm looking for something, I'm not going to bother myself to go into that business, yeah. into that store especially. 
So that's why I'm saying when it comes to management, you find that some of these things are totally outside of your control. Um, you find that a regional manager will come and say, okay, I cut it there, that's, that's the budget for you. And I don't want anyone to overspend. So if you overspend, then yeah, you know what's gonna happen. So now yeah. you, you run with less staff, um, but you just tell yourself to say, at the end of the day, as long as the work can be done. But you, 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 you are now forgetting that um, in the, within that process, you might obviously lose a number of customers because now you are now compromising on the standard and the levels of your service to those customers now because now you are focusing more on the budget that was given to you as a manager and trying to, to work around it, but you're forgetting the main important person in here, which is the customer. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and especially nowadays, retail has, has switched around so much because when I joined retail, also it was also around about 96, you, you probably had a, a 70, 30, 70 being your core permanent staff, 30% yes. being your casual, which were just there to relieve and, and like you say, on the busy peak periods to assist with those um, times. And th that's now been switched around due to casualization to 70% mm. casual and 30% yes. um, permanent. And yeah, like you say, you know, especially on the quiet times, that store is heavily understaffed actually. Um, but it is part of, of, of the retailer's life now um, how frustrating is it for you, Brenton, when, when you like go into a store and no one's there to assist you? Like, what is your opinion? Do you think, oh, shame they, they casualized and that this is not their busy time or is it a, just a general blanket? This place is terrible. Nah, look, if you go to places, one understands maybe the spirit in now, you know, short staffed and, and those things, but even before the time, um, you know, you, you as a person, you tend to be critical of retailers sometimes because um, you want, you know, when you when you raise your hand, someone must come running to give you a certain size. And that. But yeah. um, for me, for me, I go in and I look and I'll, and I'll try and see if I can find someone and see. I'll, I'll eventually, um, just as Augustine said, if I don't get anybody, I'll just turn around and I'll leave the store and I'll, there'll be another store, you know, competition is tough out there. So there'll be another store. And if I go to that store and I get good service, chances are the next time I go, I'm first going to go straight to that store because I saw exactly. something I liked. The service was good. So, you know, I, I sometimes I'm not too critical, but um, I'm not going to stand around forever and wait for someone to come and help me. You know, it's a difficult system, but, you know, time moves on. I'll go to the next store. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Money, mm -hmm. money is money. And you know, every product out there and every service that we can think of is out there and people are offering it. And it's mm -hmm. not just one person has autonomy anymore. You know, it's not just yeah. mm. one FMCG retailer anymore. There's all over the place, you know, Fabio, you guys experienced that I think quite a lot with your industry in the power tools, mm. because yeah. uh, maybe 15, 20 years ago, you guys were specialist retailers, you know, you were, you were, you were the guys who did power tools and now you're competing with the likes of MassMart and, and those guys. How does that, yeah. how does that affect like your focus on what do you guys do? In other words, to give you that little bit of a competitive edge. Yes. It's, it's very difficult because they, they can sell exactly what we sell. They buy in, in large quantities so they can sell those items at a very cheap price. 
So, yeah. so, so the profit margins are a lot lower. So like, like a thing we're with the service and like our culture, we, we, we've always been friendly to customers. Like I see with my dad, whether the guy comes there for a small item to a large item, he treats them the same. He gives them advice. Yeah. Because you never know that guy that comes for the small item. And we've, we've had cases where he thinks, yeah, well, yeah, I like that draw there. And then he spends more money because he got yeah. good service. And service yeah. is a big issue now, especially when they can go to the mass parts and they've got the whole ranges there and they, it's closer to their homes. So, And I'm sure you're experiencing a sense of um, people spending more money at the bigger retailers, but when it comes to that after sales niche service, I'm sure they're not getting that as much as they would like at the big retailers no. and then they, they're probably coming to you for, for that, are they? That's where we, we have to be jacked up in that line so that we can give them that service. Yeah. Because they're, they're coming to us for that service and if we don't have it, then it's no good because they're still going to buy their, their, most of the items at the chain stores at the mass mart. Yeah. So we have to be mm, jacked up with our repairs, with our spares, with our okay. accessories. And like you say now, you guys are looking at going on onto the online um, platform. Yeah. Has that well, been something that your customers have asked for, or what is? It just seems that there? things are going that way because if you look at take a lot, they've yeah they've taken off like crazy, and and um, yeah. yeah, a lot of people are going online. So yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. Mm. Andrew, maybe to add on that, you know, I used to ask um, this this question. Um, I'll just ask staff maybe in a in a morning meeting. Um, if you take, for example, Menling um, as an example, I will ask them to say um, in Menling, um, okay, trading hours start from nine o'clock, and I'll ask them how many in terms of the ratio to say how many stores sells clothing, for an example, clothes yeah. irrespective. Um, in Menling, if you if you work it out um, percentage-wise, obviously you will say 90% um, of the stores in the entire Menling sells clothing. So now my question normally to staff will be, when the store opens, all the stores open at nine o'clock, you have got customers who just walked into the mall. So let's say, for example, we have got 300 stores that are selling clothes. So it means nine o'clock, 300 um, doors will open yeah. at nine o'clock. So now a customer has been given a choice. Um, the customer will decide which door to enter because you have got 300 stores. So the customer will decide, okay, I can enter that store, I can enter that. So from that point, I, I will try to to show them to say if you not saving that customer who walks in there um you must always remember that they've got a choice they can decide to go anywhere yeah you know you spoke about the choice and and i agree 100 percent with you and the one thing that i focus a lot on relationship building even when i was at my retailer that i worked with uh, and the reason why i focused on that relationship building and literally it was a a first name basis relationship, not just with me, but with my staff and their customers as well, was because, and I don't want it to sound ugly, but you almost take the choice away from them. 
because at nine o'clock they don't want to go to X store. They want to go and see Andrew. You know what I mean? Mm. You take that, 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 that choice factor and you, you minimize it. Let me say that too, where if they knew I was in fashion retail. So if they knew, for instance, they wanted a pair of high fashion jeans or something, it wasn't a case of they were going to go into whatever X store. They were going to go and see Andrew because Andrew could, if it wasn't in his store, he would get it for them from another store. Um, do you do you experience that, Brenton, where you have like a relationship with people at specific stores or even small businesses, like even, I don't know, the guys who repair your vehicle. I know I do, the guy who does my vehicle. Do you experience that? Yeah, look, um, what I say to there's a lot of stores and competition is stuff. Um, if, I, if I take, for example, I take my vehicles where I've gone to, them, you know, I've been, I'm not one to jump around from one place to another. I try and build a relationship in there. Um, and sometimes the guys eventually they, they just don't give you a good service and then I'll move to someone I would have mouth one I'm with now has been for a, been for quite some time now that I've been with him so um, you know the guys are very good in the service and, and it's like a name basis and you can phone them and there's no issues with that you know they they they'll, they'll always want to assist you and say no it's not a problem and then sometimes they do the extra stuff for you and that you don't even ask for they saw there's another problem and then my son, I don't worry about it, man. You know, we'll sort it out next time. And so, so I think that, like you say, that that experience you have, and a lot of times it happens with the smaller retailers. Um, at the current moment, for me, I experience for myself with a lot of smaller retailers that I'll go to them, I'll try and support them. It doesn't matter, once again, say, it's not always about the price for me. I'm not going to go shop how much a washer costs at number A and number B and number C. But it's good service, yeah. reach you, almost like on a name basis and things like that. And then, I think that's important for me, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, totally. And Fabio, do you guys experience that? Yeah, no, that's very important. You got your guy there that wants to see you or Philip or Victor. Yeah. Because they're, they're, they're more comfortable with expressing what they want with those people. And they've built a relationship. Yeah. So, no, definitely, that, that is important. Yeah, and I think it's uh, like Augustine was mentioning earlier on when it comes to the companies that are doing casuals, a lot of the big problem is you lose that ability to build that relationship because they are there for short term or they're there at flexible hours. They're not there at those fixed hours where a customer can come in and out any given time of day and mm -hmm. find, for instance, Augustine there or Fabio there. Um, so I think that's definitely a challenge for um, retailers going forward in terms of customer service. But yeah, from my business currently, the, the big focus is on relationship building. In fact, I would say that is goes far beyond brand building for, for me is, is actually relationship building because it stems down to eventually that word of mouth. People are talking about you and what you do versus the name of your company. Yeah. Brenton, I think, mentioned it earlier on when you walk into a store and people greet you. I know when I started at the company I was with, they had this little card. And on this card were the exact very words you had to say to every single customer you met. And so it, it sounded like a bunch of robots, a bunch of androids in the store walking around, repeating the exact, exact words. And my then uh, manager would stand behind me the one day and he was listening to the exact thing that I was saying. You know, how was I saying? And was it exactly as per that card? And I remember I was actually reprimanded because I didn't do it. And my words to him were then, um, you know, you employed me because of the way that you feel I can 
be towards my customers. And this card is, is, is disingenuous. It's not who I am, you know, and it's not right to greet my customers because you can read your customer also differently. For instance, if Brenton goes into a store, he might be a casual guy and now he has to be called Mr. Fretter. How are you today, Mr. Fretter? You know, it doesn't work for him. I'm going to throw it back. Let me throw it to Augustine as a customer this time. Do you feel that that's important, that people are um, genuine versus following specific rules of how they should be with you? Would you prefer a genuine relationship with the person or something that's pre-scripted? Um, yeah, like you just mentioned, something if prescripted you you more work like a robot now um you you tend to even lose focus um in terms of your engagement with that particular person so i think for me you you need to be to give your 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 guys um a free role um but that is that is where now um training comes in um, not necessarily like where you, you pay for the training, but where you as a manager meet with your team like morning, 15 minutes morning meetings, just um, to, yeah, just to brief them in terms of how they, what they're supposed to be doing and how they're supposed to be doing it. Not necessarily giving them a script to say, this is how you're supposed to be saying it and, and all that. But what is important um, I'll give you an example. There are certain, we've got different types of customers. There are certain customers when they shop, they hate to be followed around, even by a mm. staff member. Um, they I'm hate like it. that. They don't want it. They do. Oh, okay. Yes. So that is why I'm saying subconsciously, you need to know and understand the type of customers that you are, you are saving because some of them, they wouldn't want that. But the, the only thing is to acknowledge those customers as they walk in. Because yeah. once you acknowledge them and then you tell them that um, I'm so-and-so and if you need some help, I'm here, I'll be able to help. So now, even if they start working on their own and they know that, you know what, there was a guy man who was sitting there. I mean, he acknowledged us when we were in and then he actually gave us um, himself to come and, I mean, to help us. So they will look for you. But yeah. what is very important there, what is key is acknowledgement of those people when they walk in. Yeah. Because obviously, like, if you have got, um, I mean, you might be talking to one customer and the other customer still needs help and then it comes and stands next to you. Um, just waiting for you to finish with that particular customer and then to attend to them. But it will be very important how you will jungle between the two customers. First of yeah. all, saying to this one, um, excuse me, let me just acknowledge this customer and then I will continue with you. And then we just say, I'm still busy with this customer. I will... I'll be with you. You can just wait for me. There, you have acknowledged the two customers, and you are, they yeah. they normally understand that type of is an engagement. Yeah, I think that I agree, and I think like Brenton said earlier on, you know, he's a kind of customer that sort of understands that maybe the store is understaffed, but he's also not going to stand around forever. But I think had yes. someone acknowledged him, yes, then you're going to maybe spend the extra two or three minutes waiting, you yes. know, for for someone. And from your side, Brenton, do you, do you prefer like a, a scripted person helping you or, or do you prefer someone who has a little bit of emotional intelligence that can identify your personality and, and sort of 
meet you halfway between who they are if this is making sense and who you are if, if you know what i mean yeah no, to me to me i think to me personally i think that sometimes businesses overthink how and what must be said you know to me when i if if i go to a shop i, so I, I like supporting sometimes smaller little businesses because sometimes i feel they and it's it's like important to them sometimes i think yeah. the bigger yeah. ones Sometimes they, the guys who are working there, as I've said, you said they sometimes temporary. So for them, it's just a paycheck. And but when you go yeah. to them, just sometimes you just need to speak to someone normally, make a joke with them. You know, just just yeah. not joke because it shows that you are. We are all human. We are all the same. So to me, I I enjoy that like a little bit of a banter. You know, when they they say something yeah. to you. And specifically, one store when I go to that even every time the security of the store. They greet you and welcome you and sometimes they say something to you have a nice day and so it's, it's actually what nice nothing scripted it's like from the heart it's just the person yeah. saying something being, being who they are and I, I think that that to me is important yeah yeah because we're not we're not uh how can i say um we're not emotionless creatures we we need mm. that emotional contact with our hey, well with our customers but also with the places we go um especially with the cashiers what uh one trick that i used to to teach them was that after greeting the customer um they will maybe they're giving you a card they're buying on their cards so once you scan that card it will give you the names of that customer so mm -hmm. it, once you 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 start maybe there's something that you need clarity from the customer or something immediately you mention them by their names to say hi mr pretorius by the way i was saying this even if he never mentioned his surname to you but for the fact that you saw the name and then you call them by their names you find them yeah. more interacting with you and all that because if somebody mentioned your name immediately i mean if you drive here i mean you stay in pretoria if you go to Joburg and somebody from the blue just say hi andrew you know you 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 also change as well and because it becomes like more of a personal thing now and you want to know yeah. i mean you feel so welcome to that person so sometimes that works as a trick um yeah yeah calling customers by names and all those, if you you do like even staff members i mean most of the staff they walk around with name badges and sometimes when you call somebody by their names um, from the name badge, you you see the interaction changing as well um, because mm. it's more like now you know each other and then you can easily talk to each other. Yeah, and I think what's what's like in South Africa, a lot of times what I do is I actually ask them what the name means, like Matsudisu yes. or something. You know, <laughs> I'll ask like, what does your name mean? Because and immediately then your service level goes up with that person because you've now created a, a how can I say, a exactly. level of a personal relationship, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, Fabio, I think we're not going to spend much more time. We're nearly on an hour. So uh, I just want to thank you guys as well. Um, I don't know if you want to add anything, Brenton, from a customer point of view. Uh, no, I, I, just, I just think from... from from our point of view, like I said to you, I, I enjoy, look, we all, every day we, 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 we um, work with retail, every day we spend our money, be it by whatever company for food or clothing. But to me, I, I, I enjoy going to 
places of frequent them you know i might have, I have an example of going to a pizza place it's 10 kilometers away from my house and i've got one that's two kilometers away but i go to the furthest one because the service is good and they're always friendly and and i actually enjoy it and they and they chat to you and it comes yeah. this week. so so to me it's to me like customer service it's just they must just be normal and and, and just just you nicely and that look the customer some of us i know they've got a tough time we can have rude customers depending on what mood we are when we get to the shop yeah. or whatever whether it's a retail or someone does something at your house comes to repair something but just if they understand and you're on the same level that, to me that's important yeah and, I, and i'll give you an example of exactly what you're saying because where i stay i've got i've got a uh, an international well, not an international a national coffee retail chain right below my apartment and then I've got a little butcher shop that, that happens to sell coffee. And when I walk into the butcher shop, my wife and I buy coffee there every day. And, and there's a reason we buy coffee. When I used to go to the national chain, I would order, I would have to order a certain coffee. I wouldn't be greeted nicely. I would have to tell them exactly what I wanted. And this is doing, we do it every day. My wife would have to tell them exactly what we wanted. And it, it was a laborious process. There was no personal um, connection. The little butcher shop downstairs happens to have a, a coffee machine that they make our coffees with. And when I walk in there in the beginning, now I don't even have to do it anymore, but in the beginning, the guy who makes our coffee, the barista, his name is Itu Maleng. So I will tell him one Itu special and he would know that it's a cappuccino foam for me, decaf, and it's an Americano, no milk for my wife. Um, and, and I will never go anywhere else because of my Itu special. You know, um, so it, it doesn't make sense, but this just shows how what you're saying works because I've got this national chain coffee retailer that does any coffee you can think of versus the little butcher shop that does basically cappuccinos and Americanos. <laughs> and I'm going there and I'm spending 57 Rand a day there instead of at this national chain retailer or, or coffee shop. So what you're saying is true. You know, you, it's, it is about that relationship and, um, uh, you are prepared to go travel a little bit further um, to actually get that special, you know. Mm. I, sorry, man, just do, I, I think sometimes to me, I think it seems like the smaller places or the, the smaller businessmen, um, I don't know if they take it more importantly or, or see it as more important for them to do that kind of a stuff because that's their living. Or maybe people at a bigger retail store thinks that there's going to be a bailout or you know there's money around one shop's going to make more or something but these guys you know if you if you don't do it make it work now it's going to go down and this is your livelihood so sometimes i think the smaller guys they really to me i think they they more serious about it yeah and i think to touch on what what augustine says also um from becoming from retail as a smaller retailer you don't have that pressure of having to employ mm. 10 people a week. So you can actually pick the right guy for your business mm. that, that fits that culture mm. of your business who understands that my bread and butter is this very customer who's spending 50 Rand a day buying two coffees, you know, because during COVID-19, this guy was telling me their little coffee machine actually saved their business. And before lockdown, that little that place was a butcher that, that they sold meat and after lockdown you must see it now in you know, there's people in and out and it's just coffee going more i think than at the national um at the national mm -hmm. chain mm -hmm. fabio from your side anything you want to add that could oh, no, thanks for the advice of everyone and then the points people made 
But speaking of a coffee machine, we've also got a machine in our shop. People can actually pick up that smell. <laughs> so it's sort of the, you get these, these senses that people sense uh, of, of things that, that can relate to your business or something in your packaging. And it, yeah. it, it can just strike something in the head and they can just remember you by that. Very and, true. And if you remain positive, and the same as like Augustine said, don't follow the guy everywhere. Don't, yeah. don't pressure him. You know, yeah, just keep the human element. And I think then if you keep people happy that way. Yeah, and, and you guys that are going online, that's going to be your challenge, by the way, is how do you maintain that human element? And uh, mm. if I give you an example, uh, the company called Yuppie Chef, what they actually did was they wrote handwritten letters on every single um, parcel that went out. And obviously, as their business grew, they couldn't maintain this thing of writing handwritten letters and they actually sent a survey out asking people, would you mind if we stopped writing letters? And the, there was such an outcry about it because people wanted that handwritten letter. And it was just really a letter saying, thanks for your purchase, we really appreciate it. But it was handwritten that they actually ended up having to employ people to write letters. Um, so yeah, <laughs> maybe a nice tip for you guys if you go online, you know, give a handwritten letter to your customer to keep that human element. Augustine, from your side, thanks so much for joining us as well. Um, yeah. Anything you want to give us in closing? Oh, okay. Yeah, no, in closing, guys, and firstly, thanks, Andrew, for inviting me to this. Um, pleasure. You're a wealth you of know, experience. You know, it's, 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 it's very good to interact with, with people. Um, and I like that. I, I, I like interacting. I like getting some, um, you know, some more ideas from other people, what people are thinking, their past experiences, and because that is what builds me. Um, yeah, but thanks, and uh, I'm sure it's not the first the first time that I, I will zoom in for, for this type of um, a talk, and I will definitely, even going forward, be, be part of it. Awesome. Yeah, thanks, Brenton. Thanks for joining us. I really, I know it was last minute. Um, I had this last minute decision to to add the the, the actually the most important stakeholder in retail exactly. to this to exactly. this um, seminar or to this uh, meeting. So thanks to Brenton for joining us and uh, Fabio. I mean, I've been doing business with you guys for I don't know 15 years that I've been on my own, and you know. I would, I would never recommend anyone else. You guys are top notch and that's why I, I invited you. And uh, I can tell you from my experience, you are, you are there, you've got the eye for it. You've got the emotional intelligence for it. And I love your company. I think you guys do a fantastic job and all the best for your online uh, service. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Mm. Thank you. Appreciate it. Fabio, I'll come there for, I'll come there for the coffee. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Cappuccino, espresso, you name it. Eh? Yeah, their, their yes. coffee's good, Augustine. Their coffee's good. If you're in Pretoria West, you must definitely give them a, a, a visit. And uh, Yeah, no, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. You know, Italians know how to make coffee, eh? Yes, yes. Yeah. No, they're good with that. Yeah. Augustine, thanks so much for your participation. I know you had a busy morning facilitating. Yes. So I really appreciate you <laughs> taking time to join us as well. Um, but thanks everyone appreciate it there you have it some interesting topics raised by our guests and um, I hope it gives us uh, and it gives you a little bit of uh, insight as I said and maybe asking a few questions on what's the standard of service that your organization is giving 
If you have any tips or if you'd like to even appear as a guest on our podcast or on our channel, uh, you're welcome to leave us a message and give us a little bit of background as to your experience. And if we feel that we can invite you um, to join us, we definitely will make contact with you. If you can just leave us a contact email, we'll definitely make contact with you. Uh, just bear in mind that we do use this material as training material on a public platform. So whatever you do say is obviously subjected to being broadcasted. Thanks again and we'll see you next time.